Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. I'm real excited about this sermon series that we're in, although we had a rocky start to it with the snow that hit last week and we're already a week behind. And uh, actually, uh, Paul kicked this off for us uh, two weeks ago. I pulled those guys aside and, uh, and just shared with them a little bit of what my vision was for going into Easter to help us get prepared for Easter Sunday. Instead of just typically what we do, I know our family, we typically, uh, to get prepared for Easter, we go shopping, right? And everybody gets a new outfit, right? Don't look at me like a bullfrog in a hellstorm. You do the same thing, right? Sure. I mean, we've all done that. I remember when our kids were little, we'd go get them something special and something pretty, and we'd get them all dressed up, and we'd get dressed up, and that's just what we would do on Easter. I'm not against that, so don't feel like I'm going to fuss at you if you go get a new outfit for Easter Sunday. I'm not against that because I would probably have on a new outfit for Easter Sunday. It's kind of the custom. we kind of done that for many, many years. However, I think there's more we can do to prepare ourselves for Easter than just go shopping, right? I think there's more we can do. And that's why I wanted to start this series, and I've created the title, Journey to the Resurrection. And what we're really doing, we're, we're kind of looking at the Passion Week of the Christ, of, of Christ Jesus. And it started in the upper room with communion and the Lord's Supper there. And, and we're taking that week... And we're just going to park at some events in different places throughout that week and kind of see what Jesus went through, see what some of the disciples went through, see what some of the others went through. We want to just park along the way and see what's going on in the life of Jesus, in the life of the disciples, and just look at some of these events. Now, Paul preached for us, if you will, two weeks ago. I let him start it, and then John Pratt was supposed to be last Sunday, but then it snowed, and then I'm this Sunday, and then we're going to have Paul again, and John, and then me the week before Easter. But we talked about last week, or two weeks ago, we talked about the preparation. Now, we're going to, we're going to start, and I'll have it on the screen for you. You'll be able to see it. There's like six different places that we're going to park, and we're going to try to unpack all of these, and it should be up on the screen. But anyhow, the first thing we talked about was preparation, okay? And that's what Paul unpacked for us. He was talking about preparation and how we need to prepare our hearts and he took us to the Lord's Supper and he took us way back into the book of Exodus and he really dug deep in the Passover and the Jewish customs and what have you. But the whole point of that is to get us prepared, that we would start making some spiritual preparation for Easter. And then last Sunday, John was supposed to preach on betrayal. And of course, we know who betrayed the Lord, right? Who was that? That was Judas, obviously. He's the one that betrayed the Lord. And then today, I'm going to be speaking to you on denial. And then next Sunday, Paul's going to be speaking to you on prayer. And then the next Sunday should be on blessing. And then we're going to be on passion. So I wanted you to see what it is we're going to be talking about, these six different areas, whenever we're going to be unpacking those for each and every one of us each week as we go forward. Okay? Now, last week, John was supposed to 
speak on betrayal. And because of the snow, I feel like I need to lean into that just briefly. And so I just want to give us a brief little idea of what was going on there with that. And then we're going to get into denial. And I want to talk to you a little bit about Peter and kind of unpack that event for us. And all of this is titled The Journey to the Resurrection. And hopefully and prayerfully through this, we can get our hearts and our lives prepared spiritually for Easter Sunday that's coming. So before we get started, let's just go to the Lord in prayer together, okay? Father, we thank you so much for this time to gather together and to be in your word. And Lord, I just pray that you lead and guide and direct our hearts and our minds and speak to us, Lord, through your word today. Help us to look at each of these events of the Passion Week, the week of the Lord starting with communion and all the way to the cross and to the crucifixion and to the burial and the resurrection. Help us to discover along this journey some areas in our life that we could get ourselves prepared for the resurrection Sunday. I pray, Lord, you speak to our hearts today. Help us to glean from this passage of Scripture. And we'll want to thank you for all that you're going to do in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Real quickly, let's jump back and let's look at betrayal, okay? So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26. Really, all of these events are pulled out of Matthew, chapter number 26. We're going to be looking at some of all of these events really from that particular chapter. And in this one, we're talking about the betrayal. We're talking about Judas, and we're talking about him being unfaithful. And I just want to lean into this briefly. I don't have time to park here for a very long time, but I want you to familiarize yourself a little bit with this event. And what took place and I think there's some things that we can learn from this But I want to read to you matthew 26 verse number 20 through verse number 25 The bible says when evening came He was reclining at the table with the twelve and while they were eating he said I assure you One of you will betray me and deeply distressed each one began to say to him Surely not I lord now park right there. Hold on a minute. Could you imagine? sitting around the table with the lord and him looking up to the disciples and giving this alarming message that one of them is going to betray him. And the disciples immediately start looking to one another and looking to the Lord. Is it, is it I? Am I the one that's going to do that? Who's going to do that? Can't you imagine the gossip chain that started there and, and the, the thinking and the finger pointing, if you will, of who the individual was that was going to betray them? Jesus says in verse 23, the one who dipped his hand with me in the bowl, he will betray me. And the Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And then Judas, his betrayer, replied, Surely not I, Rabbi. You have said it, he told him. Now obviously we all know through studying the word, that Judas is the disciple that betrayed the Lord. I like what David Wilkerson said about Judas, and this is what he said. He said that he was a hand-picked disciple of Jesus Christ. He was a preacher of the gospel. He was a healer of the sick. He was a traveling companion of the Lord Jesus he was so trusted that he was made the treasurer of the apostolic evangelistic team, if you will. And he wasn't elected to this position. He was personally chosen by the Lord Jesus Christ. Whenever I think about that, I'm thinking this is a man that started off well, right? 
This is a disciple, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ who started off well. A preacher of the gospel, very much involved in what was taking place. But yet he betrayed the Lord. And I wonder, do we betray the Lord? And I don't have much time to really lean into this, but do we betray the Lord? Probably not verbally, but possibly with our actions. Maybe with our actions, maybe with our anger, maybe with our sin. Are we really any better than Judas or even Peter that I'm going to speak about here in just a moment? You know, really we're not. I mean, Judas is one that betrayed the Lord, obviously, with his actions and just kept forward. Here's a thought. Guys, do you realize that Satan needs a Judas to get his work done, to get Satan's work done? He needs a Judas. And we read in Matthew 26, verse 47 through 50, this is the kiss of betrayal that, that Judas gave Jesus. And I'm always amazed. When, when Jesus saw Judas coming there to betray him, the very first word that Jesus said to his enemy, if you will, was friend. And Judas came and kissed him on the cheek. And we all know what Judas got out of it, right? What did he get? What did he get? 30 pieces of silver, right? He got a few pieces of silver. Well, how much is 30 pieces of silver? Surely 30 pieces of silver was enough to set him up really, really well financially for the rest of his life. I mean, you're going to betray the Son of God. Surely you're going to get paid pretty well. Do you know what the equivalent of 30 pieces of silver would have been? 30 pieces of silver would have been about four months' wages for a skilled laborer in that day. So in other words, Judas betrayed the Lord for four months of income. Now, I don't know what your income is per month, but I want you to think about what your income is per month. I want you to multiply that by four, and that would be your 40 pieces of silver. I don't know about you, but I don't know that I want to betray the Lord for four months of salary. Do you? I don't know that I want to betray him for four years or 40 years of salary, to just get to clarify that. But I want you to see how little Judas really got in return for this action of betrayal. Let me give you another little news flash. Judas, we know, was the one who betrayed the Lord. But you know another one that betrayed the Lord? Peter. Peter betrayed the Lord as well. But what's the difference between Judas and Peter? What's the difference between the two? And this is what I want you to get. Judas betrayed the Lord and walked away from Jesus. Peter betrayed the Lord and walked back to Jesus, right? Judas betrayed the Lord and walked away. Peter betrayed in his denial and then walked back. That's really the difference. We all know the story. Judas went out and he tried to get the money, give the money back, and he, he tried to undo his actions, but they had already been done. And the Bible teaches us that he went out and he hung himself. He committed suicide, and he died because of his actions. Peter was broken as well, but Peter came back to the Lord. It's been said, and I've heard this quote many times, that every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. Let that sink in just a little bit. 
That's a little bit about the betrayal of Judas, and that was supposed to have been preached last week in far more depth, but I wanted to hit it before we went to the denial. My responsibility is to share with you about denial. And I want to talk to you a little bit about Peter. And we find this passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 26, in verse 30 through verse number 35. The Scripture says, And after singing psalms, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And then Jesus said to them, Tonight all of you will run away because of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have resurrected, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. And Peter told him, Even if everyone runs away because of you, I will never run away. Peter's pretty bold here, right? Even if everyone else flees, if everyone runs from you, Peter says, I will never run away. In verse number 34, I assure you, Jesus said to him, tonight. Get this. Not next week, not next month, not five years from now. Peter's real confident in himself. He says, I will never run away from you. And the Lord says, tonight, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And even if I have to die with you, Peter told him, I will never deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. We fast forward in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, to verse number 69 and following. And the Scripture says this, Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant approached him, and she said, You were with Jesus, the Galilean too. But he denied it in front of everyone, and he said, I don't know what you're talking about. And then in verse 71, when he had gone out to the gateway, Another woman saw him and told those who were there, This man was with Jesus the Nazarene. And again he denied it with an oath. And he said, I don't know the man. Second denial. And after a little while, in verse 73, those standing there approached and said to Peter, You certainly are one of them, since even you, your accent gives you away. And then he started to curse and to swear with an oath. I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the words that Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. Guys, on that morning, that evening, that day when that rooster crowed, Nobody heard that rooster crow like Peter heard that rooster crow. Think about that, if you will. There he was bold. He was walking with the Lord. And now he finds himself in a series of circumstances in the crowd. And he denies the Lord three different times. And then the prophecy comes true, as the Lord said, before the rooster crows. And then the rooster crowed. And he heard that. And he was reminded, obviously, of what the Lord had told him. Now, my question is this, and here's what I want to try to unpack this morning. That's the story of how Peter denied the Lord. And we probably, all of us, are very familiar with that passage of Scripture. But the question that I want to answer is this. How or what caused Peter to deny the Lord and to hit rock bottom? What caused Peter to deny the Lord and hit rock bottom. Now, I don't know about you, but I find myself a lot like Peter. I don't think I would deny the Lord, right? You don't think you would deny the Lord. 
I mean, we're walking with the Lord. We're in church on Sunday morning. We're singing songs of worship. We're engaged in ministry. We read our Bible. We pray. We're actively pursuing our relationship with Jesus Christ. Probably everyone in this room, if we were surveyed or you had a poll, would you deny the Lord? Every one of us would probably say, no. I mean, that's our intent, right? Nobody sets out to intentionally deny the Lord as we're following Him. But here's what we need to get a hold of. If Peter, this great apostle of the Lord, if Peter could deny the Lord, then don't you think that John Cannon could deny the Lord? Don't you think that you could deny the Lord? I think so. I think every one of us has that choice and has that option that we get to make every single day whether we are going to deny the Lord or not. In our actions, verbally, in what we do, how we live our life, I think all of that is a reflection whether we are denying the Lord or not. And if Peter could deny the Lord, then certainly we can deny the Lord. And so that leads me to ask the question, how did Peter get to that place? How did he get to that place to where he denied the Lord? Because I tell you, church, I don't want to get to that place. I don't want to get to that place where I say, I don't know him. I have nothing to do with him. I have nothing to do with church. I have nothing to do with Jesus. I'm not a follower of Christ. How do we keep from getting to that place? Well, that's what I want to share with you. And there's about three or four things I want you to get. But listen to this verse of Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 12. It says, Wherefore... Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Did you get that? Wherefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So let me try to give you four different scenarios, I believe, in Peter's life that we can see that led to him denying the Lord. And as I was studying this and as I was putting this together, I found this in my own life. There's some, there's some traits in Peter that we discover in all of us, right? So if we want to protect ourselves from denying Christ, then we need to go back and study Peter's life and, and discover and find out exactly what Peter was going through that led him to the place to where he denied the Lord. The first thing I want you to jot down is this. He had a controversy with Jesus. He had a little bit of a controversy with Jesus. And the controversy was over the cross. And we find that in Matthew chapter 16. So turn back, if you will, to Matthew's gospel, chapter 16. And by the way, if you have the Logos Bible software and you follow this slideshow, there should be a little icon that will pop up. and You just push it. It automatically takes you to the scripture. Okay? So controversy with Jesus. In Matthew chapter 16, it says... From then on, Jesus began to point out to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Now, this is is the Lord telling Peter and the disciples, listen, I must go and suffer many things from the chief priests, from the elders, from the scribes. They're going to kill me and then I'm going to raise myself back from the dead. Now, that's what they're telling or the Lord is telling Peter. Verse 22, Matthew 16. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Hold on a minute. Now think about this, if you will. Here we have Peter, 
a follower of Jesus Christ, after Jesus makes this declaration that I must go and suffer many things, I must go and give myself over, if you will, to the scribes and the chief priests and the Pharisees, and I'm going to suffer at their hand. They're even going to kill me. But he's trying to encourage them. I will raise myself again the third day. And he's telling them all about the death and the burial and the resurrection. And Peter says, uh-uh, Lord, come here. We need to talk. Now, Peter here is rebuking the Lord. That's mistake number one, right? Hello, come on, church. Are you with me? That's mistake number one. We really should not rebuke the Lord. I mean, he knows what he is doing. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Oh, no, Lord, this will never happen to you. In verse number 23, but he, being Jesus, turned and told Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me because you're not thinking about God's concerns, but man's. And then Jesus said to the disciples, if anyone wants to come with me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. But the point I want you to get is in verse 22 and verse number 23. Here we find that Peter had a controversy with the Lord. He had a misunderstanding with the Lord. The Lord said, this is going to happen. Peter said, no, 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 that's not going to happen. This is going to happen. Now, here's the question I want to ask you. Have you ever had a controversy with the Lord? Have you ever had, you're living your life and you're going your way and you're serving the Lord and all of a sudden things don't happen the way you think they should happen? Am I the only one that's ever been there? I mean, you're serving the Lord and you're going about following Jesus and all of a sudden something happens and you step back and you say, Lord, we need to talk. Have you ever been there? Come on, church. You ever been there? Lord, come over here. Just come here. Number one, you have no authority to do that whatsoever. Peter did it. I have done it. Possibly you have done it. Something takes place in your life. Some event takes place. Things aren't going the way that you had planned them to go. I mean, we're all about planning, right? We're all about being proactive in that and planning out our, our family and planning out our life and planning out our finances and planning out our spiritual walk and planning out our church. And I know that's happened to me. By the way, guys, this month, this is our 16-year anniversary. We started this church 16 years ago, the month of March, 1999. Praise the Lord for that. Sixteen years. And I promise you, in those sixteen years that I have been trying my best to be faithful with the Lord, the Lord and I have had some controversy over some of the events that have taken place over sixteen years that I didn't think that I deserved, that I didn't think that I needed to walk down that path, that I didn't think should happen, was not on my radar, was not what I had planned, but the Lord said, you're going to face this. And I look back now, and I see some of the events that he took me through that I did not want to go through has made me a stronger believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's made me a stronger father. It's made me a stronger husband. It's made me a stronger preacher. It's made me a stronger pastor because that's what the Lord had planned for me to go through. Listen, the Lord and I have had our share of controversy. Possibly you and the Lord have had your share of controversy. But I just want you to see the point here. 
Peter had a controversy with the Lord. And here's usually what happens whenever you have a controversy with the Lord. You start to pull back a little bit. You start to step back a little bit. Maybe the throttle is not as down as far as it used to be. When you were gung-ho following Jesus, things are going your way. Everything is wonderful. Everything is great. It's going exactly like you planned. All of a sudden, things change. Peter had a controversy with the Lord. And a lot of times when that happens, we will pull back. We will feel somewhat offended. Our heart will get a little bit harder. The joy of serving the Lord begins to elude us. The three-letter word of why begins to just take prominence in our mind and in our heart. And we can't get off of the situation. We might even hear ourselves say something down deep. Lord, that's not fair. Lord, that's not right. Lord, that should have never happened. I've been faithful to you. God, am I the only one that's ever been there? I think we've all been there. Peter was there. But I want you to see this is one step that led him to denial. His controversy that he had with the Lord. Step number two, you need to, you need to, man, this is in your wheelhouse. You need to get this one, okay? A lot of times we come to church with pitchfork theory. And the preacher will preach or I'll preach and it lands right in our lap. We say, oh, no, that's not for me. That's for sister so-and-so. And we throw it clear across the church, right? No, 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 no. Let this settle, right? We all need this. This is in our wheelhouse. This is where we live. This is why we all relate with Peter so much, right? He had a confrontation with the Lord. Number two, there was an increase of self-reliance. He was reluctant to lean on Jesus after that point. Now hold on to this. Peter just had a conflict with the Lord. The Lord rebuked him, right? Even called him Satan. Really? Can't you, can't you imagine what went through Peter's mind? Are you kidding me, Lord? I've left everything. I've left my profession. I've left my family. I'm following after you. And, and now you're going to call me the devil? I mean, that's kind of the conversation that took place. Right? He had this controversy with the Lord. What's the natural thing to do after you have that? Okay. See how good you can do this ministry, Jesus, without me? I'm going to back up a little bit. Right? That's what's going through Peter's mind. And guys, let me tell you something. That's going through my mind a little bit. This self-reliance. Whenever we're in this situation I'm talking about, we will start depending on ourselves, and we will pull back from the Lord. We will increase in self-reliance and we will decrease in God-reliance. And here's something else that will happen. We will be reluctant to lean on Jesus And we will be more tempted to lean on our natural strengths and gifts that we have. And think, you know what? I can do this by myself. Right? The theme didn't go the way I wanted it to go. So I'm going to back up a little bit. I may have to punt. I'm going to regroup. I'm not going to lean so much on Jesus next time. I'm going to take things into my own hands. Right? And whatever's wrong, I'm going to go out there and fix it. And we're going to depend more on ourselves and our own gift set, then we are just going to walk by faith, leaning and depending on the Lord. Are you guys with me today? Have we ever done that? Have we ever done that? We come to a difficult situation in life, and instead of just saying, God, forgive me, 
pride rises up a little bit. Self-reliance becomes more evident in our life. Less God-dependence, more relying on ourself, relying on our own gift set. I wrote this thought down. Isn't it interesting how our natural strengths can become the point of our greatest failures? Get a hold of that, guys. Isn't it interesting how our greatest natural strengths can become the point of our greatest failures? We've got to be careful that we don't increase in self-reliance and we become very reluctant to lean on Jesus. There was a third thing that took place in Peter's life. Not only this controversy that he had with the Lord, not only this increase in self-reliance, depending more on himself and his natural gifts and talents and abilities and depending less on the Lord, but thirdly, he became prayerless. Prayerlessness took place in Peter's life. Well, where do we read about that? In Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 and 41. Look at that passage of Scripture. There you'll find where they're in the Garden of Gethsemane. And the Lord's going in there to pray, and he takes with him Peter, James, and John, and he takes these guys with him. He says, boys, I want you to pray with me. And I'm just going to paraphrase the story. You, you know the Scripture. And he goes into the garden, and instead of praying, what is Peter doing? He's asleep. So instead of praying with the Lord, he's dependent on himself. He's like, I don't know. Well, I'm tired. Right? Sure he's tired. Why is he tired? He's been trusting in himself. He's been leaning on his own gifts and talents. He's self-reliant. He's not trusting in the Lord. Obviously, he's exhausted. Right? But instead of praying, he's sleeping. And guys, I wonder how often do we find ourselves that way. It's hard to pray when we've been in a controversy with the Lord. It's hard to pray when things aren't going the way that we think they should go. It's even harder to pray when we start relying on ourselves more than we're relying on God. It's even harder to pray when we're doing things in our own strength and our own ability. We really don't need the Lord. I've got this. I don't need to pray. And I think that's where we find Peter. We find him prayerlessness. Instead of praying, he was sleeping. Fourth and final one, and I'll be done. Confusion and discouragement sets in. Confusion and discouragement. you got to remember, he had this controversy with the Lord. Okay, He started relying on himself. He's no longer praying like he should be praying. He's asleep. Now he's in a state of confusion and discouragement. And this is the last step. And you may be able to create a few more. But I think that's simple enough that we can get a hold of that. In my sermon today, this is the last step before denial. Because he's at the place where he already had a conflict with the Lord. Right? He's dependent on himself. He's very self-reliant at this point. He's no longer praying like he used to pray. And now he's in a state where he's just confused and discouraged about everything that's going on in his spiritual life. And that's what led to him denying the Lord. Let's look at this real quickly and I'll be done. In Matthew chapter 26 through verse number 50. This is when Jesus is 
in the garden, it's in the area there, and Judas is coming to him. And he says, friend, Jesus asked him, why have you come? He's talking to Judas. And then they came up and took hold of Jesus and arrested him. And at that moment, one of those with Jesus reached out his hand, and he drew out his sword, and he struck the high priest's slave, and he cut his ear off. And then Jesus told him, put your sword back in its place, because all who take up a sword will perish by a sword. Or do you think I cannot call on my Father and He will provide me at once with more than twelve legions of angels? And how then would the Scriptures be fulfilled that they say it must happen this way? Here's the problem. Peter's the one that drew that sword. Peter's the one who cut that soldier's ear off. And once again, he is rebuked by the Lord. I mean, Peter has this great zeal. He tries to help Jesus. He gives it his very best shot. He pulls his ear out, and he was going for his head, right? He wasn't just trying to cut the man's ear off. I want you to understand that. You know that, right? He was going to kill him. He was going for the neck. He was going for his head to cut his head off. And the man apparently dodged a little bit and cut his ear off. And Jesus all of a sudden now rebukes Peter. He says, put your sword up. And he turns to the very man that is his enemy, that's trying to take hold of him and take him away. He rebukes Peter, and he picks up the ear, and he puts it on the man, and he heals the man. Peter steps back, confused. Lord, what are you doing? What in the world is going on? He's confused. And now he's discouraged. And what Jesus did completely frustrated and bewildered Peter when Peter was rebuked in front of everyone for trying to defend the Lord. Peter's like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I don't know what else to do. Right? He's had this conflict with the Lord, this misunderstanding that started it all back in Matthew chapter 16. He started depending on himself. He wasn't praying. He was sleeping instead of praying. And now he's one last valiant effort to protect the Lord and to carry out what Peter thought was the right thing to do, his plans instead of God's plans. He cuts the ear off this guy. The Lord rebukes him right there in front of everyone, picks the ear up and heals the guy and walks with them. Peter's confused and Peter's discouraged. And Then we can read once again the Scripture to where Peter denied the Lord. And we ask ourselves the question, Peter... Why did you deny the Lord? I think these are four pretty good places, experiences, events in Peter's life that led him to the place of denying the Lord. And you know what it all started with? It all started with Peter saying, this is my way. This is what needs to happen. It all started with Peter not submitting entirely to the Lord's will for the Lord's life or for Peter's life. Right? Because the Lord told Peter, I'm going to go die. They're going to beat me. They're going to kill me. They're going to destroy me. And then I'll resurrect again. Peter, no, no, no. That's not going to happen. And then he went on this downward spiral to denial. Now, guys, I don't know about you. And, Ben, you can go ahead and come because I'm really done. And, but I want to try to bring this together. You know, preaching is like I want you to get a, I want you to get a big visual of a funnel. Preaching's a lot like a funnel. We kind of start up here broad and we work our way down and we want to come out at the end 
with one thought process. And here it is. Have you ever found yourself in the situation that Peter has found himself in? Has things possibly not gone the way that you think they should go? Maybe there was an event in your life that you thought, surely it should go this way. And the Lord intervened and took you down a completely different path that just may have been far more painful than a path that you had ever chosen for yourself. And instead of following the Lord through this painful path and trusting on Him and praying and seeking His leadership and His guidance in your life, somewhere along the way we think, you know what? That's too hard. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go my way. And I'm going to lean and trust in myself. I'm going to increase in self-reliance, which is going to lead me to the place where I don't really depend on the Lord any longer, which is going to be evident because my prayer life is not where it used to be. And then we're going to find ourselves in a place where we're completely confused and discouraged and even wondering why we even started this journey called faith to begin with. Guys, this is a real-life scenario that took place in Peter's life. But I think it's relived every day in all of our lives. Probably numerous times in our life, we find ourselves exactly where Peter found himself. So my question is, if Peter could deny the Lord, is it possible that we could? I think the answer is yes. So how do we prevent ourselves from denying the Lord? I think then we've got to work our way backwards. Go past the confusion and discouragement. Go past the prayerlessness. Go past the self-reliance. Get back here to the confrontation you had with the Lord. Get back here to that painful place where things just did not go the way that you thought they should go, spiritually speaking, and deal with that. Because until you deal with that, that's the road you're traveling, what I just unpacked for you today. It will lead you to denial. The confrontation you have with the Lord, the self-reliance is the next step. The prayerlessness is the next step. The confusion and discouragement is the next step. The final step is denial. Do you see it, church? I'm trying to paint a picture for you. Do you see it? And it all stems from this place. See, I don't know the journey that the Lord has laid out for each of us. And all of our journeys and our paths are going to look a little bit different. But I do know this. His way is always the best way. His way is always the right way. Please understand me. I did not say there will be no pain if you go His way. Trust me. There will be some painful experiences in this journey of faith. You see, we live in a world today, let me get off on something else here. Sometimes I get so sick of this. We get off on this feel-good religion where everybody wants to come. Trust Jesus. He'll give you all of your dreams. You can have the American dream if you trust Jesus. No more pain, no more sorrow. Right? Drive a Cadillac. Get a brand new house. It's happiness. It's joy. It's laughter. It's fun. 
and by the thousands. Are you with me, church? You know I'm telling you, by the thousands, people are flocking to those ministries. But they're not preaching the whole truth. I would be preaching you a lie if I told you that if you just follow Jesus, you would never have another hard place to go through in life. That's just not true. What I can tell you is that when you go through those hard places, you'll have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. What I can tell you, when you go through those hard places, that you have a friend and you have a Savior and you have the Lord who promised you, I would never leave you, I would never forsake you. I can tell you, when you go through those hard places, you will have a God that says, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches in heaven. Just simply trust in me. Right? You're going to go through some hard places. I'm going to go through some hard places. It's what I do with it that's going to determine whether I come out of it stronger and more on fire for the Lord and depending on Him more than I've ever depended on Him before or if I go down this road that Peter went down that leads me to denial. This road of having a conflict. This road of self-reliance. This road of prayerlessness, this road of discouragement, this road of denial. How did Peter get to denial? It didn't start right here, friends. It started way back there in Matthew chapter 16 when he had that conflict with the Lord. Are you with me? I want to take you back to that place in your life that time and that date when things just didn't go the way you thought they should go what have you done with that have you laid it on the altar have you said Lord I really don't understand why I've had to suffer this and go through this but here's some of the things I've discovered in life that some of the greatest painful experiences that my God has walked me through when I come out on the other side with him Oftentimes, that becomes my greatest ministry in life. It becomes one of the greatest ways that I can reach back to fellow men and brothers and sisters in Christ or even the world. And I can share with them what Jesus did for me as I came through what they may be going through. God never wastes a painful experience. He'll never waste it. Matter of fact, He wants to use it. To bring honor and glory to Himself. But you have to get to the place where you quit arguing with Jesus about the painful place that He brought you through. And you start accepting it. And you start depending on Him. You quit relying on yourself. You start depending on the Lord. You, you quit sleeping and you start praying. Are you with me, church? Mm, it's, oh, it's good stuff. This is where we live. I've lived it. And I'm sure I see the heads nodding. You've lived it. Guys, as your pastor, I don't want you to end in denial. But if you don't get off this road, where are you in the steps? Where are you in the process? We all probably can identify where we are. Don't let it lead you to denial. Run back over here to Jesus as quickly as you can run to Him. And I promise you, things will work out. I'm not going to tell you it's not going to be hard. I'm 
not going to tell you it's not going to be painful. I'm not going to tell you you may not ever shed a tear. You'll probably weep like a baby over some of the painful things that you have to go through. But I'm telling you, He's there with you. You're not walking that path alone. He is there with you. I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. And just let me try to pray with you. And this is our invitation. And Father, denial. None of us ever want to get to that place to where we deny you. But it all started in Peter's life with the conflict that he had with you. Of just not submitting your way. It even raised its ugly head again when he pulled his sword out and he tried to cut the ear off of the guard. Father, each of us here today, we've had our confrontation with you. We've had what we thought was the right path for us to travel and you've allowed an event to take place in our life that's been painful, that's been difficult, that's been hard. And the natural man rises up and says, God, I don't want that. And we pursue another journey and another path. Father, wherever we are today, collectively as a church, on this other journey and this other path, help us to realize that will lead us to denial. Father, today, we give you our lives, we give you our heart, we repent. We repent to wanting our way, not necessarily your way. And Father, today, we ask for your forgiveness. We pray, God, that we would go back to the place that caused us the greatest pain. And Lord, there, that we would just get on our knees. And we would say, God... This is the place. This is what I've refused to talk about. This is what I've tried to ignore. This is what I've tried to stuff away in my emotional closet and just forget about it. This is the place, God, where I need your grace. This is the place, God, where I need your mercy. This is the place, God, where I need you to move in my life. This is the place, God, where I need to give you back the steering wheel of my life. This is the place, God, where I ask for your forgiveness. This is the place where I quit depending upon myself and I start depending upon you. God, this is the place. It's a painful place. God, I haven't enjoyed being here. But I know that Romans 8, 28 is still in the book that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. And God, I want to give this place back to you. I've taken it and I've ran my own way and I've pursued my own agenda today God I give it back to you forgive me Lord I pray Lord there's folks in this congregation today that have gone back to that place even now I pray dear God that you'd give them reassurance and you'd give them comfort and you'd give them healing you'd give them peace and you'd give them strength and May they feel your presence. May they know that they're not alone. God, help each of us to experience your forgiveness.
are really rebelling against you at this place of confrontation. Father, we submit to it. Father, we accept it. Father, we depend on you. Father, we pray you would lead us in the path of righteousness, the direction you'd have us to go. Dear Lord, today, many have prayed that prayer. Father, I pray for our congregation today. I know many of us have been there. Thank you that mercy and grace and forgiveness is there for all of us. Father, we give you our hearts. We give you our lives. We submit to you. We give you the reins of our life. We're no longer asking you to be our co-pilot. We're asking you to be our pilot. Take control of our lives. Lead us in the way you'd have us to go so that we do not end up like Peter, denying the Lord. Father, thank you for what you've done this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.